0: To the Habs Puck Drop Podcast. This is part two of the KK Chronicles, and now that we've had a few days to kind of digest the decision of the Montreal Canadiens, really look at it from a non-reactionary uh, point of view, uh, we're going to go through the the aftermath of basically the offer sheet from the Carolina Hurricanes. So I think it's important to say first first things first. Uh, the Canes did not match the offer sheet. Whoever didn't know that, by yeah, now. living under their rock, but you know. Who knows? Um, yeah, so Montreal is saying goodbye to Cod Kotkaniemi. He's a member for one year with the Carolina Hurricanes, and we'll see from there. I think he's going to sign a long-term extension with them. Yeah, um, we'll
1: have to see. But that's, uh, yeah, exactly. Definitely not that money.
0: <laughs> no, definitely not. I think they're going to basically use this year to get his rights, overpay him a little, and then kind of give him a long-term, cheaper deal. Yeah. I'm thinking like the it. four, four and a half range for maybe six to eight years. Yeah. So we'll see that at uh, some point this year is my guess. Yeah. So, yeah, we can just jump right into it. We've got a couple things just to kind of go over in terms of what this means. And so... Start uh, with the
1: history here yeah. a little bit. Um, you know, the last unmatched uh, offer sheet was Dustin Penner. For 5 times 4.3 mil from Anaheim to Edmonton.
0: Yeah, I think that was so, in
1: 2007. 2007. So, geez, that name brought up a lot of memories yeah. of uh, high school. And, Honestly. Uh, geez, we were even in high no, school. We I don't even think we were school. in high school yet. Since yeah. grade 6. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, quite a while ago. So we you just dated clearly, ourselves. <laughs> so clearly this isn't something that, uh, you know, happens <laughs> often, as I think everyone feels. It's, you know, a big deal in the NHL right now, and... Um, that being said, I, I don't think many people are surprised with this decision. I mean, with the amount of centers that were being, you know, shopped around the NHL, we heard, you know, obviously Christian Dvorak, we heard Thomas Hurdle, you know, you brought up a Nolan Patrick Pathway, Jack Eichel, I you know, there was Sean Monaghan out there. I, I just didn't see Tyler Bozak. Tyler Bozak. <laughs> you know, I it wasn't that sort of environment that they were really push like, you know, pushing our our, uh, our hand a little bit because there's just so many alternatives there. Yeah,
0: which, um, as, as we're, we're going to get to as well, that played a big role, like you're saying, in their decision. Right. Other than just the money, um, Mark Bergman did say that um, the availability of, of, of certain centres basically really kind of at least took the pressure off of them. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, that, that's exactly it, I think. And, you know, in terms of what the Canes got back officially for the offer sheet compensation. We know it's a 2022 first and a 2022 third round pick. So, um, you know, do I think that's what I would have traded Kotkanievi for? Probably not. Yeah. But at the same time, um, you know, there's a reason why these, these compensation kind of brackets are the way they are. Yeah, I mean,
1: to be fair, I, I think he's worth know maybe a little bit more than this like i i wouldn't a first yeah. a
0: third and a roster player yeah g-
1: generally so the fact that you know yeah exactly a first a third and like a and like a like a really really bottom six guy yeah i, I think would have been fair but that being said i'm i'm really not upset with the with the um with the offer sheet rules uh, and, and the compensation um especially since apparently what was being asked for cocking me which was more than carolina there was a few teams inquiring mm-hmm. Um, wasn't this so that he clearly, you know, we dodged a bad contract that was gonna, yeah. like we said, last podcast, like it, it, it wasn't gonna only affect his very fucking this was gonna affect Nick Suzuki is gonna affect, you know, in the future, Cole Caulfield, Alex Romanov, because if we set, you know, a floor that high with so many players on the team that are better than this guy. You know, we're really setting up ourselves up for a Toronto situation.
0: Well, that, That's it. And, and specifically speaking on how this affects the future and the rules of uh, offer sheets, one thing that we uh, neglected to mention in the first uh, part of the series was that um, Carolina, when they Cod Kotkaniemi, obviously this one year is at $6.1 million and I think $35 or whatever. Um, they can negotiate any contract they want. They can offer Kotkaniemi next year, another one-year deal. They can offer him eight years at any price point. If Montreal was to um, accept this offer sheet, uh, they would be required to uh, qualify him. So it wasn't a one-year deal at 6.1. It was a two-year deal at 6.1. And at that point, I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure it would be walking him to free
1: agency. Yeah, so. because this this is what I mean by it's. We're not just talking Nick Suzuki. You were talking Cole Caulfield. We're talking guys down the line that we need to sign that you know we we can't afford to start paying you know a guy of, of uh projected you know ceiling right now that much money because you know we're a team right now that's thriving off of great contracts. I'm thinking of you know Mike Hoffman, uh, Tyler Toffoli. Josh Anderson to an extent, Joel Edmondson, uh, Joel Edmondson you know, e- even Savard and 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 you know those guys, and like we don't have many contracts that are like, oh boy, that's bad, you know. What yeah. I mean, like we and, and the ones that, you know, are playing out well right now, it's purely due to injury, and you know, I think, you know, Paul Byron's contract, you know, really wasn't bad a few years ago, I mean, yeah. and I mean, last year he had a great year, so there's nothing really sticking out there. But the, what happens here is that you have something like you know, a guy holding out like Kotkaniemi does, like they did in Toronto, uh, and if Kotkaniemi does that, you know, it, it sets a precedent that dominoes down, and it's not so much the players, but the agents can use this as leverage, and this is not a situation where we want to be in, you know, we want, you know, Suzuki, Suzuki's contract talks to start with a comparison on the team of like Christian Dvorak, you know yeah. what I mean, something like that, and not a guy who's, you know, was scratched for the Stanley Cup Finals and, and was paid $6.1 million. Right,
0: versus the guy who played first-line center in the Stanley Cup Finals exactly. at the same age. Um, but yeah, between that and the fact that um, just, like, physically not having the cap space, if we were to have that contract, um, I think the, uh, the decision was basically made for them. But, um, you know, this is one of those weird times where... I, I don't know if it's an outright loss to the Canadians. Like, there's a bit of, you know, a little bit of pride that gets, you know, kind of chunked out there. Yeah, but at the same time, player. like, I don't know. It, it's... Did Carolina really think we wouldn't match is the question.
1: Yeah, this is far... You know, this, this, you know, offer sheet to, to is is far riskier for Carolina than it is for us. Because while they have cap space this year... They they don't really and like the yeah. the thing is is like you know it, it's a waste of, of, of picks and you know in a, in a draft that's loaded for the next two years um, it's a it's a waste of picks to start doing this on players that are definitely not for sure, and like um, you know they're definitely not a team you know they're going to be a strong team they're going to be a good team in, in, in the NHL but they're definitely not a, a uh, you know a for sure top four finalists right now. And, and, like, and not they with the offseason use, they had. Yeah, and they could use draft. And, like, you know, the fact that they lost, you know, franchise goaltending and, uh, you know, Dougie Hamilton, like, it, it makes you wonder, like, 6.1 mil for, very know, Sferi where who's realistically going to play third or fourth line wing. Like, maybe they'll throw him up in the second position just to, like, keep just their the pride corner. to yeah. justify the contract. But, like, he really shouldn't be there. Um, you know, and and sacrifice your your future in, in really loaded drafts coming up, and not sign Dougie Hamilton to a, you know, comparatively cheap contract. I mean, like, what was it, eight point two for Dougie Hamilton that they offered that he signed? That he signed nine. Uh, no, the offered, Sorry, Carolina. The offer was 6.2,
0: six point two or six point six point six so exactly. point six and a quarter. That's and, what I'm saying. Like comparatively, yeah. it's like what are they doing? That's I mean, the like, thing. That that's what the the running joke is right now. Is Nedeljkovic got three. And they, uh, Hamilton got nine. So between the two of them, it's twelve. So yeah. basically, you're saying Nedeljkovic and Hamilton are the equivalent of two Kakhniems, yeah, which what is I just not the, not the yeah.
1: case, obviously. Because if you scale that up in terms of value, I mean, like Dougie Hamilton is a far better hockey player than Kotkin Yemi, Even after you do all the confounders for yeah. a position or whatever and age, he but he puts up more he's points. A, right? <laughs> he puts up more points. He's just a far better hockey player. So you'd think that, you know, Yemi's contract. If you were to scale it for Dougie Hamilton, they'd be offering Dougie Hamilton like ten point four. Yeah, you know and I mean, like it's just completely out of it's very bizarre. So
0: well, uh, and just before we even go uh, a little bit further into this, I you did mention one thing that was kind of interesting about Kotkinami being on the wing. Um, that's not speculation for those who this one I will give credit to anyone who didn't follow uh, Carolina on Twitter, <laughs> but they they came out and announced that Jesper Kotkinemi will not be playing as a centerman for the Carolina Hurricanes. Hurricanes. So, um, to me now, you've got a winger who, you know what? He's probably going to have some inflated stats this year playing on the wing. Of, it's possible he gets some time with Aho and Teravainen for that finish thing, yeah. but I don't think he stays there because Svechnikov. Yeah. Um. So let's say he ends up on the second line left wing, right? He'll if he has success, this kind of. Still puts it in perspective with the Canadians drafting because all of a sudden now he's a left winger. There was another left winger yeah. available at the draft, you know.
1: Far better winger.
0: And far better. It, it just here. it proves what we were talking about that you know the Canadians have some drafting issues. They kind of you know shoehorned him into third position because they needed a centerman, but all of a sudden he's a winger. And I I remember way back this is before the podcast ever you know started because it was the year we drafted caught Kotkaniemi. But his draft year, he had played on the wing, Yeah. and people kind of discredited that to like, okay, but he played ten of the rest, which is fair. Yeah, but... or,
1: or what they did was they said he played wing because he's the youngest guy in the league. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's like,
0: but then well... the answer is he was again going to be the youngest guy in the exactly. league. So where where yeah. was his wing development? But either way, I just think, you know, this this is a very um, I don't know the right word for it. I don't want to say it, like saga, but this this was a a very, you know, small time window of time that showed a lot of big things yeah. between Kotkaniemi and the Canadians organization. So, um, then, you know, the Habs were faced with, you know, a problem, though, because they didn't have a sentiment. All of a sudden, we go from Dano Suzuki Kotkaniemi to Suzuki Evans Paquette. Yeah, possibly
1: Druin.
0: Yeah, possibly Druin. But, as we were alluding to, hours after... Canadians announced they would be uh, letting Kotkaniemi walk. They also announced the acquisition of Christian Dvorak from Arizona. So that was one of the guys we had said most likely to come this way, and it was probably one of the worst kept secrets yeah. in the hockey world. So yeah, Christian Dvorak coming from Arizona. Um, you know, we'll get into the details of it in a bit, but I I love this guy. Me too. I'm a really big fan of this this yeah. hockey player.
1: So just breaking it down contract wise, you know, we're talking about a a really, really dependable centerman at four years at 4.45 mil, Um, you know, for a 2022 conditional first round pick and a 2022-2024 second round pick, if you want to clarify the conditionality there.
0: Yeah, so basically the condition on the first round pick is that um, whichever one of this year's picks, Montreal or the one we acquired from Carolina, is better Um, will go to the Arizona Coyotes. So um, if the Habs end up their first-round pick is 16th overall and Carolina's is 21st, Arizona gets the 16th overall pick. However, there's a second clause to that. If both picks are within the top 10, then it's actually whichever pick is worse, which is basically, again, if the Habs end up with the second overall pick and Carolina ends up with the ninth overall pick, the ninth would go to Arizona. And so, you know, this is actually, I think, a very fair condition and also – really kind of beneficial to the Canadians like yeah. weirdly like weirdly well, beneficial? Yeah, because I mean,
1: you know, in my mind, if, if the Habs draft above, you know, I'm not going to say 10, but if we draft above 15, I actually don't really care where we draft because we, one, we can't draft. Like this is an issue that we're going to have to fix with Trevor Timmons. I that guy needs to go. Yeah. Our whole drafting process needs to be scrapped clearly, but right now, and it's not going to change in the next year. So for this specific trade, um, you know, if, if those two picks are above 15, I actually don't care. So it's no. actually a great, great trade. And, um, you know, do you want to, do you want to jump into Dvorak now or?
0: Um, yeah, but I just, the first thing I'll just say is that he's, you know, he's not by any means old. He's going to sound old next to Kotkaniemi, He was 21, but Dvorak's 25. Yeah. You know, um, that contract of 4.45, I will just say watch for, this was a six year deal that he signed um watch for cockney i to get similar
1: yeah and you know what though this is you know speaking of age this is a much this is a great substitution for the place we are with our team right now because we're in whether people you know people always shoot down the halves and like people have us in like 20 to 25th this year which is absolutely ridiculous like i guarantee you will be a top 12 team yeah like i'm gonna i'm gonna be i'm gonna be bold there and i don't but i don't think it's bold I'm just saying it's bold because I basically cut our standings in half based off consensus by analysts. Yeah. But I don't think it's bold. And the thing is, is but it was bold for us to say the Habs were gonna go to the Stanley yeah. Cup before the season started last. Well, it was bold of us last year to say the Habs were gonna make the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. So like, the, but the the thing is though is that getting a player closer to that peak of 27 and a half, uh, you know, actually fits our mold right now better. And getting players closer to that peak for, you know, for Carey Price and. You know, potentially Weber if he comes back for the playoffs. Uh, this is where we need to be right now. We don't need a you know a bratty 21-year-old who's kind of you know flops in and out of the lineup and has clearly you know I don't know what to, what degree it is, but clearly some behavioral issues with management right now and, and is upset with where he was uh, to get a apparently like a just a fantastic locker room guy who can play all over the ice and uh, has specific talents that we really need. It's going to really really help us I I can only think of right now how crazy our center depth would be if we kept Dano though
0: yeah because all of a sudden I don't even know who would play where because I I think i have Dano in third that's, that's the thing. thing Dano would probably be Dano. playing Dvorak's third Dvorak's a better center than well that Dano. that's it and so j- just talking because we don't have it written down here but what Christian Dvorak a little you know history on him is came through the London Knight system so right away Obviously, coming from one of the premier uh, junior hockey programs, he had a massive amount of success there, I'm pretty yeah. sure. He, he,
1: he was two, two points, points, points
0: per game. Some, yeah, so, and yeah. almost, I think, like 70 goals in he's, like 70 yeah, games or something. He two points per
1: game and with a goal per game.
0: Yeah, so, and I mean, yeah. he, I, again, he was playing on that stack team, and he was the centerman to Mitch Marner. Still someone else But has to he's score. the one who's scoring the yeah. goals. So that that's what I was going to say first is that he's a goal scorer. Yeah. He's got a great shot.
1: Um, he's good for twenty twenty five
0: goals in Arizona. It reminds
1: me, you know, that analogy that people always say, like, oh well, he plays with him. Like, yeah. That reminds me of that, you know, that good stretch of two years where people were thinking that Jake Gensel was actually like a third line winger, yeah, and that Sidney Crosby was just basically boosting his stats when reality is now he's a 40 goal guy
0: absolutely and he drives the play i meant yeah. more along the lines of don't uh, don't count on this guy for 50 goals yeah. a year in the nhl yeah but sure. um he was like i was saying good for 20 to 25 goals on arizona which is like you know what you can just kind of bump him up into the next i'll call it like tax bracket yeah. 25 to 30 yeah, is, not, is not as not insane Um, not massive amounts of assists, but if he puts up, you know, 25 to 30 goals, I could see him in the 60 to 70 point range. And I'll just say
1: it now, like we do not need more assist guys. Like I'm sorry. We don't. uh, You know, you, you saw these moves in the off season here with Mike Hoffman and, and, you know, clearly we're, we're doubling down on goal scoring. That's for a reason. You look at our Stanley cup run last year, you know, we had success with, um, you know, scoring, you know, late in the Toronto series, obviously in the Winnipeg series and, you know, early on in the in the in the in the uh, Vegas Golden Knights series, but early on in Toronto, late in Vegas and all of Tampa, we could not get the puck in the net again. Yeah. And like this is an issue that's been plaguing us for years now. And I think this will finally be the year where like we'll be, you know, top eight in goal scoring like throughout the year for yeah. once. Instead of coming out with this like, you know, four point five goals per game for two months and then just dropping off the face of the earth. I think we have enough guys now that when someone goes into a lull it doesn't bring the whole team exactly. down. Exactly. We don't have that one guy. And
0: yeah, so so Dvorak, uh very How many thirty goal
1: guys, yeah, sorry. At like, at this point? Like we have like look, Josh Anderson can score thirty. Okay, he thirty, but let's 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 be as let's, conservative let's say, as let's possible. Say, let's say twenty-five to thirty guys. Yes. Okay, so let's say we got Cole Caulfield. Okay, that's bold, but not very. Yeah. Okay, and, and definitely, it's bold for this year, but it's not bold career-wise at yeah. all. And he's gonna be uh, way, I mean, he's gonna be bold. above that.
0: I don't think it's. Yeah, I, I think he'll
1: have like twenty-seven. Yeah. Um. Okay, we have Cole Caulfield. We have Brendan Gallagher. We have um. Tufoli, we have Taffoli. We have Hoffman. We have Anderson. Did I say Anderson. Uh, no, i mean okay, so think five. five. Dvorak. Dvorak. Um, you know, like, we're already, we're at six of our... To be honest,
0: our, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Suzuki put up 25 yeah, goals.
1: Su, I wouldn't be surprised. Either. Suzuki, I could see getting 25 goals and, like, 40 of 50 assists. That's seven forwards. Yeah. So, like, the majority of our forwards are going to be scoring 30 yeah. goals. I mean, like, it, we're we're in a really good position right now. Yeah, just look, we
0: don't have one 50-goal scorer. We have a bunch of 25. I prefer that because which what I'm happens that, yeah. is you
1: look at teams like Washington that, you know, it's a little different now with Anthony Manta and stuff, and... Oshie and Oshie, yeah. but, you know, not so long ago before Oshie blew up, like, uh, cause he had a late yeah. peak, you know, like very late peak, but, uh, when Ovechkin went down, like they did not score. and like, you know, I, I, I much rather have that robustness because it lasts through the playoffs. I, and, I agree. No, honestly,
0: yeah. I think it is. And yeah, so, uh, the other part that, you know, we're talking about goals, but the other big thing here is that one Dvorak specifically just staying on the topic of goals, um, scores a lot on the power play. Um, anyone who goes and watches his highlights, he's got a nose for the net, and he likes to play in that slot and in front of the net. You know, he's not a massive guy, yeah, but he's nine just... nine
1: power play goals last year.
0: That's it, nine power, power play goals, and which, you know, was just about half of his goals. And again, like, all of these numbers you have to keep in mind are playing on Arizona.
1: Yeah, and, and keep in mind, like, the issues the Montreal Canadiens had last year. Yeah. Again, power play, again, was just trash. Yeah, You know, and like, I'm excited to see... Um, you know, the clean slate that Alex Burroughs has because, mm-hmm. you know, realistically, last year, I mean, they didn't practice. I mean, they had no they time really to practice. Could. And I, I think we're going to see a big change to our power play. I'm so excited to see Dvorak, Caulfield, Hoffman, all these guys that are just going to really, yeah, all, the, all the
0: new additions. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing, too, is, and this is something that I think people, you know, not not don't talk about, but this is huge, is I think last year his face-off percentage was about 52. Yeah. You know, this is a guy who now. can win. Yeah, exactly. This this is a guy who can win face-offs. Yeah. So all of a sudden, you've got this second-line 25-year-old centerman who's locked in until he's 29 at a, like, very, very good contract yeah. who's going to give you a good amount of points, can play the penalty kill, will play the power play. Um, you know... He he's just he's he's here now and it's it's gonna be a very very interesting look especially with the lines I'm curious to see who goes where yeah because you know he, who's his line mates in Arizona I know he had times on the top line but it was mainly Nick Schmaltz playing yeah. with Keller and Kessel so for me I don't know Arizona's lineup as well but I'm pretty sure that gives him like it's Lawson Kraus yeah.
1: and like. I had the him playing into Foley Hoffman on the second. I wouldn't
0: there. be surprised, honestly, and and
1: again, that's perfect because he he goes in front of the net. Hoffman shoots, the Foley distributes, and you know Dvorak's a guy that you know can carry the puck or he doesn't need to. You know what I mean? Well, and, it, he
0: even said that in in his interviews. They said like, yeah, exactly. You've seen more success when you have a puck carrier, but it's like you know, the, the way he put his best, he goes, well, you know, obviously, you know, I, I, I just want to succeed in general, and I'll yeah. carry the puck if I have to, and I won't if I don't have yeah, to. Yeah, I
1: just, we don't have, like, we're not a puck-carrying team. It, it no. doesn't really matter because, like, we're, we're a dump-and-chase team and high pressure, so, you know, it's going to really work out. I'm sure that'll be the line. Like, I I would be very surprised if they split up uh, Suzuki, Anderson, Caulfield. I, yeah. I, I'd be really surprised at that, but... Um, anyway, I, he's such a versatile guy that like he can go anywhere in the top nine. When well, that's, he,
0: that's uh, it. And I, I think it is just worth mentioning before we get into the uh, direct comparison here. Um, the last time the Habs made a trade with Arizona, we kind of fleeced them a little bit, if I'm, if I'm being honest. We traded Alex Galchenyuk for Max Domi. Um, Max Domi, who came through the London Knights <laughs> yeah. uh, system, and we traded our th- former third-round pick. This is just... it's. Seems like history is repeating itself. And what did Domi do? Twenty eight goals, seventy two points. Yeah. Uh, the, sorry, third overall pick in Galchenyuk, and I'm calling it a trade with Kautkineemi, but it's not. Yeah. Um, it just it seems like we're really kind of repeating that. And um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dvorak has a similar first year to Domi. The only thing is, Dvorak's proven to be a lot more consistent and a lot more reliable, etc. Yeah,
1: and um. You know, apparently it's just impossible to not love this guy, like, in terms of being a teammate. So that's another just bonus there. Like, we have a lot of character guys on the team now. And, like, um, I, I'm sure this guy is going to pan out, like, to fully. Like, yeah. even the contract's similar. Like, it's... I just have a really good feeling about this guy. And I, I'm, I'm happy that we have, like, a one-two punch at center.
0: Mm-hmm. No, that, that's it. And it's a one-two punch that we can rely on. Because both of these guys, I can see play, being all... Um, situation players. Yeah. They'll both be on the power play, they'll both be on the penalty kill, and uh, I think it's, you know, it's, it's really starting to look like we're putting together a team that's going to be the same team for, you know, a minimum of five years. Yeah, and
1: I, you know, I... W- after the loss of Denno, which was obviously terrible for the team, uh, especially given the Katsumi-Yemi-Walk situation, um, you know, with, ha- like, half of our team being in, like, a really win-now situation, like, you know, Carey Price um, you know, a ton of our guys. I'm not gonna list them all, but you know, Shea Weber too, you know, hopefully he comes back for the playoffs. But, you know, it, it seemed like I was really uncomfortable having such a young center core. Like this is a center core that was, you know, projected to peak in about four years, like in terms of like peak, production. Peak in terms of yeah, well not production, I'd be like six years, right? Yeah. But like I mean peak in terms of like we can actually count on these guys okay, consistently. Yeah. And, like, having Kotkan at that 2C was really bugging me. And, like, you know, this is a perfect guy who's going to pull up the age of the centers a little bit, but he's still going to, like, grow with us. You mm-hmm. like, it's just a perfect situation. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, no, I, I agree. But so just to jump into the – we have a little comparison table here. Very, very rough stats in general. But just to, uh, just to give everyone kind of an idea here. So we'll start with, actually, um, last year's comparison, and then we'll do their careers. So, um, last year, Kotkaniemi had 5 goals, 15 assists, and 20 points. Uh, in the same amount of games, they both played 56. Dvorak had 17 goals, 14 po- uh, assists, for 31 points. Basically, um, you know, Dvorak put up, what did I say, 70, so almost, almost 4 times the amount of goals that Kotkaniemi put up, with only 1 less assist. Yeah. Um, you know, basically 31 on a team that was not scoring exactly on a, I, this is always with that that kind of asterisk of he did this in Arizona yeah one was on a Stanley Cup final team and one was on Arizona yeah so, like keep and it, it just yeah it's just I, I anyone who could do anything in Arizona I give yeah. them credit um had an average of 1328 and on time on ice and Dvorak had an average of 1336 so not as big of a difference as you'd think
1: yeah he's gonna have a much larger role in montreal that he's gonna embrace and uh you know he's definitely not gonna be playing 13 minutes a game you know we're gonna see more Mm deno minutes for sure because he plays a similar similar role plus the power play so um, exactly yeah i you know his points are gonna blow up for sure and he's gonna be surrounded by more talent and uh just a a better hockey environment, a lot more of like London that he's used to, you know, and like going from London to Arizona must have just been a brutal transition in terms of like the energy in the arena. So he's going to be back in you know one of the loudest arenas in sports. So it's uh, going to be interesting to see how he handles that.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's definitely it's just going to be again a massive culture shock, like you said, and also I think that this is the kind of guy who he's. Like the re- another big part of why he's gonna thrive is just because and we see this a lot with the Canadians in general they bring in guys and they kind of I I don't know is they 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 embr- like they embrace them along the lines of you know they, they make everyone feel like a star basically mm-hmm. i I think it'll be the first time maybe since being in London that Dvorak feels like a celebrity yeah, I feel like Dvorak's well, yeah, I mean, like, gonna be shocked by the fact that he just can't go to like the IGA anymore.
1: Yeah, like you're. I you mean, like we brought in David Savard, and then you you would have swore we got like Victor Hedman. No, oh, I know you would I mean, you
0: like... have you thought it was Serge Savard. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, in general, just like it's gonna be a big go- and and that helps with confidence. You know, if yeah. if you're all of a sudden if you're playing in Arizona, where basically you can walk around and people don't know who you are, you you can walk around in your hockey jersey yeah. and people will just think you're like. Uh, a Yotes fan yeah. versus like he could walk with a fake mustache on down St. Catherine Street and people will be being like Devo yes. and it's <laughs> it's gonna be interesting for him. But I think you you have that and then you get out onto the Bell Center and like it just it changes and all yeah. of a sudden and, it's, and it's Arizona
1: like, I think just consensus like for most players feels like a relay station like yeah. it, it's not a home and like this team you know is not staying in Arizona like it, it fiscally won't and also. There's no buy-in with the players there. So I think it just feels like purgatory for everyone. And it's like, where am I going next? And this, yeah. like, will finally feel kind of like, you know, kind of, I feel sort of the same way with, like, Josh Anderson, where, like, he didn't know what he was doing in Columbus. Mm-hmm. Then you you finally give him a Habs jersey, and he's like, you know what? I have buy-in from this team. The fans are buying into me. Everyone cares about hockey here. I can actually, like, set roots here and, like, win with this team.
0: Absolutely. That's it. And, again, the Canadians have a weird way of getting the best out of people. Yeah right away, and so, yeah, well, I'm just more than pumped to see this guy hit the eyes. I think I've been a little higher on him than than I even expected, and the more I look at his numbers, just the better I yeah. feel about him. So well, just, I think it was,
1: you know, one of the few times where rumors actually came to fruition for exactly. the Canadians, like, you know...
0: You mean the first line of Sam Coast
1: Tavares and Panarin didn't you know, come and, through? And obviously, like, this, this, this is how it works, but like, you know, I was telling Jesse the other day, it was like the other day it was like three weeks ago when like you know we we looked at dvorak and we were like you know what this guy would be a great fit on our team and i was like i hope like mark versioning does this stuff yeah i mean and like you know sometimes you wonder if you know as a fan you're 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 harping on something and like management it's just like going over their head for some reason and like it was i was happy to see this time that like the what was being talked about in the community was also being talked about talked about in management and like that's never happened with us. No. You know, like, most of our trades are, like, kind of out of the blue. Like, we know someone's being shopped, but, like, we have no idea who's who's in on it. This was, like, you know, two, three days before Cockney um wasn't matched. It was, like, it's it's probably Dvorak.
0: Yeah, but that, like, that's exactly it. And, yeah, um, yeah so just just looking at, I want to look at their careers, too, because, you know, the, the bubble year of last year was kind of... Uh, I I just want to see if it's a one-off, basically, or not. And so, um, Dvorak's career goals per game is 0.22, whereas Kotkiniemi's is 0.13. Dvorak's assists per game is 0.26, where Kotkiniemi's is 0.23. Dvorak's points per game, therefore, 0.48, to Kotkiniemi's 0.36. And their ice time, again, uh, 13.39 for Dvorak and 12.43 for Kotkaniemi. Now, I understand there's an age difference, so the ice time thing, but this also does take into account the fact that Dvorak had his rookie years and everything. So he's just been trusted more in general. And he, again, he cleans up the stats here. Um, You know, if I'm looking at, for example, something... He has double the goals. Well, that's it. He has double the goals and, um, you know... Marginally 1. more six times the points. You know I mean? well, that, that's it's, it. it. He's he just a better player. It's a There's good exchange.
1: It. It's a perfect exchange. I mean, even if you look at, you know, you know not the big three stats, but if you look at face off percentage, that goes to Dvorak. If you look at power play ability, it goes to Dvorak. If you look at penal- uh, penalty kill ability, it goes to Dvorak. Like, look, it, it's it just not just a all rat those, bastard ability. Yeah, it goes all to goes Dvorak. to Dvorak. So, like, you know, I'm i'm really pleased with this transaction and i think most people are i mean it's sad to see like a young guy like that go but you know i i would rather that than have that bitter taste in our mouth when we see you know cockney for 6.1 mil for two years you know what i mean
0: like well that's it and then that. also like just being completely fair um that would absolutely run cockney out of the city after that because mm-hmm. what would happen is he'd have those two years at 6one point you'd have not 6.1 million dollar years yeah and what we're he's either going to get lowballed or he's going to get run out of the city by fans like i think of i'm not going to go to the extreme of like scott gomez but i'm thinking of like a a even as recent as like uh philip deno yeah where he wanted money he didn't put up enough points and i'm not saying i'm not guilty <laughs> i've led the charge on this but i and i stand by it but it's like you can't do that in the NHL, make that much money, and put up that few points. I mean, I'll use a not Habs example for for one thing, but look at Mitch Marner. Mitch Marner has been trending on Twitter in Toronto every single day since they got eliminated, and I'm not exaggerating, and it's because people are constantly saying they overpaid, and they shouldn't have done this, and they shouldn't have done that. He needs to be traded. The guy is top five in points in the NHL a couple times already in his career. He he kills penalties for him. He's a very good player. But the thing is, like, yeah, you don't pay anyone $11 million. Well, this million. is what
1: I'm saying, is, like, you can't build a successful team that if one player goes down, the whole team goes into a wall. Exactly. And, like, it's just, it's too easy to defend against. I mean, like, if you have one guy in your in your sights uh, and you lock him down, you just stick a Philip Deneau or a, or a Christian Dvorak or an Arturi Lechnin on him and he can't move, um, you know, you have to have a way around that. And, yeah. like, the Canadians right now are just built to, like, there's just too many moving targets there's seven of them and um, you know I'm really confident with this team and like I'm really really confident with our depth too like that fourth line I guarantee you is going to be amazing
0: yeah I'm I'm really really looking
1: forward to see them play together Um, you know we forgot about Armia like Armia will put up 15 to 20 goals for us yeah in the bottom six Lekanen will put up 10 yeah, um, You know, it, it's really like we're... we're I, I don't think you know, we'll
0: have any... Karo will get I was going to say, Karo is going to surprise a lot of people. The only person, I think, who doesn't put over uh, double-digit goals is Paquette. And yeah. I think it's going to be... On- and um, to be fair... I don't think he'll... I don't think he'll play, think he'll play enough yeah. games to get it. And he's not that role. However... You can see a breakout season from Palin. Paling is going gonna- to... I think Evans is going to have a fantastic... Yeah. He'll 3 If he plays with Gallagher and Leckanen regularly... Yeah. Evans is going to have a great year.
1: Yeah. The, you know, this This does, you know, now that we, we've we seen a centerman get picked up from us, this really does put into question where Jonathan Druin's playing. I mean...
0: That was the, my last question is, we are currently, like, unable to play everyone. Yeah. I don't think Druin is the... Like, I think he's the odd
1: man out in I think he chemistry. Might, he might be a 3C guy for us, though. Yeah, because that might put Evans at four, Paquette as the backup, and, and I just I I just don't want ruin playing. Me neither. <laughs> I don't want him playing, and I definitely like definitely I, not at center. It's just they're gonna want to warrant the contract, even though it's not I, huge. I and, like, get that. For me, for me,
0: it was just like
1: Leckan and Druin, Gallagher would be terrible.
0: That's that's the thing is you need that line to have certain it's energy roles. That's an energy line that which is the one reason why I I have a sneaking suspicion that he gets put on Dvorak's wing because the way I, I'm looking at it is Dvorak can finish, and he's a two-way game. So uh, or is that to fully that, That's three, the thing. Maybe it playing and Lekanen on four with Perrault and Paquette swapping in for um, Lekanen and uh, Paling or Evans. <laughs>
1: See, it's a lot of guys. It's, it's a lot, but I, I, I think they'll... I don't think Evans doesn't get a roster spot. Like I'd be really like. A I, I don't think spot. I
0: think he ends up. Sorry, I I, I meant Paling and Paquette swapping okay. in and out, and Lekinen and Perro swapping yeah. in and out. Um, the other the other part is obviously when Byron comes back, we'll see what happens. There's a lot of players on this team. Yeah. Um, but the, the my logic, but with the Druin thing is that the last time we played Druin with, for example, Max Domi, he had a good year. Um, I think
1: that's the kind of guy that i mean in theory like in theory that should be a good line i yeah. mean like Druin can carry the puck whether it as they want, playing you know, with for example like Hoffman, Hoffman and they carry the goals and you know that in theory that could be a good line but in my mind tofoli's just better oh i you agree I mean? like, he is i just but think i could they also trust see tofoli more with a defensive Yeah, goal. but i could also see tofoli tofoli and De- tofoli and um, and uh, Druin, like, would play equally well, in my opinion, with Dvorak and Hoffman, but they wouldn't play equally well with uh, Gallagher. That's and it. That's and thing. I think like, Toffoli to- can mend with Gallagher, yeah. like, a lot more than Druin can. Because he
0: can, he plays
1: defense. Yeah, and he also, he has an adaptable game. Like, Toffoli can actually play gritty hockey yeah. if he wanted to, and he has. He gets frustrated, and, like, it's good to see that part of his game, but, you no, know, it's just not Druin's game, and I... I that's why I have a feeling we're going to see Toffoli back on the third line. But we're just... We're going to have a lot of guys who are able to swap in. And, you know, in theory, that's a good problem to have. Yeah. But at the same time, you kind of want to lock down your lines a little bit and have, yeah. like, one or two subs and not, like, substitute lines. Like, we could yeah, have, I, we could make five lines. Right
0: I now. Well, that's it. And I, I think the way the Canadiens are going to go about it, to be honest, is they're going to have locked down a top nine and have a cycling bottom, yeah. s- bottom three.
1: I just i think very quickly it's going to show that that's not going to be the case like i, I you know i could see you know certain guys you know really really meshing well together and i and i mean perot and armia that you know they've played together and then yeah i know Perot can play center and we could play lekin in there and that'd be like a really really cool line to see mm-hmm. but then you know like we're missing other guys there well, that, like, that's it so again
0: it's gonna be a, it's gonna take some time to figure it out. We have a full season. Luckily, we're so injury-prone
1: that we're probably not going to have to worry about this so much. That's it. And
0: also, I I just think that, personally, I don't trust a word Bergenay says in terms of uh, he's not making any more moves. He always says he is, and then he makes another trade. You know, he he very much said Druin's going to play for us this year. When he specifically talks about a player, that's why I think gets yeah, traded. Yeah, it's like the kiss of death. So I I wouldn't be surprised if Druin's maybe moved for even just for picks, just to get rid of the cap hit, or or you know maybe they bring in some some more depth on defense. Something we'll anyway, we'll
1: see, but it's it's cool because like we're at a point with this team where, you know, we don't have a hole that like I feel like needs to be filled. Exactly. Like if we were gonna shop Druin, I don't know what I'd want even. You know, so exactly.
0: Like, I I, I give no idea. Just give me picks. I agree with Honestly. you. Either picks, or if the team has a history of good drafting, then prospects. Yeah, like, I'll take Trevor Zedrus or something. Yeah, you don't know say. <laughs> but anyway, I think that's basically it. Um, I would want to say that, you know, for the short time he was here, Kotkinemi was a fan favorite. Um, so, you know, obviously I hope things go well for him. He's also just a kid. I wouldn't I don't. again, I don't blame him for signing that contract. But, um when Carolina comes to the Bell Center, I soon October twentieth. Yeah, I am so looking forward to that game. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. It's gonna get crunched.
1: Yeah, and um, you know we we got a uh, really really big decor. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm uh, looking forward to that game. I you know it's also gonna be cool to, to finally play Aho after our offer sheet and like yeah you know um it, it's sad because like I love that guy because he actually wanted to come here and like you know whatever yeah. I mean, imagine what our team would be if we. we got Yeah, that. I don't even
0: want to think about it because then I think. Because then, it. look, they just—they'd offer
1: sheet Kanyemi again, just and like we just let him go, and then we get Dvorak. Yeah. And then all of a sudden we have Ajo Suzuki Dvorak. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then if Brayden, all these what ifs. The yeah. if Braden Point would have signed our offer sheet. <laughs> John Tavares was a UFA. Yeah.
1: We get John Tavares for three nil.
0: Yeah, we could have had Eric Carlson on league minimum. <laughs>
1: yeah, we, get, we we get Drew Doughty. You know. It, L.A. retains 50.
0: Yeah, exactly. You know. uh, Sidney Crosby spits in the <laughs> face of Maryland. Sidney New. Crosby is always going to be my champion. Yeah, and he will be. He'll play our fourth line We'll send him Druin for Crosby. He'll be our bet. Druin for Crosby.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Druin for Crosby. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we will, I think, call it there. But, um, yeah, the next episode, I'm not even sure exactly what's on the docket.
1: But yeah, we'll probably have a you know, training camp update. Yeah. um maybe some interviews we'll see
0: something but hockey's right around the corner so um it's almost right back to business we will catch you guys soon
1: thank you for listening to the habs puck drop podcast
0: you can email us your thoughts questions and suggestions through our email at habs at gmail.com or direct message us on
1: instagram at habs puck drop. we'll see you next time